This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. And today... We are going to do something that no man has done before. We are going to make the insurance agency telephone system sexy because we have Mr. Steve Moore from Lightspeed Voice with us. How are we What's doing, everybody? On? What's cooking, man? You know, just living the dream, sitting down here in Florida. I'll say it's cold, but everyone else in the country will, will laugh at me. I went full leather jacket this morning. That's brutal. It's brutal, you know. But yeah, no, doing well, uh, still cranking along good. To your point, trying to uh, keep phones exciting within the industry. I'll tell you what, man, I my Harley sat in the shop for two months getting completely reconditioned. And I finally got it back. And there's not a snowball's chance I'd have gotten on that thing to drive it to work this morning. No, no it's funny. I'll, I'll sit at my kid's soccer game and it's like, 55 and I, I'm like ready to die. And I just think about everybody else, like in Chicago, that they would be in shorts and a t-shirt, but it's just right. not happening. Well, yeah. I mean, I was born up off of Lake Erie in Ohio and I was talking to somebody the other day about that. You know, I've never in my life been someplace where it's so cold. Yeah. Like up when you, when I used to go to the old Browns and Indians games there at the mistake on the lake, it was insane. <laughs> like my freshman year of college, we went and watched the Browns play the Chiefs, and I was wearing literally multiple T-shirts, long sleeve shirt, flannel shirt, sweatshirt, and a down jacket over top. And the second that wind blew, it was like I was buck naked standing yep. at the yard line. Oh, yeah. It did nothing for me to have all those layers on. So yeah. I don't care where anybody's from, man. When it's in the 30s in the morning here, I, that's cold. Like it doesn't it, matter. I always say it's a damp cold. You know what I mean? It's like it is right. It's just just that, like it's a you know, just like it's a wet hot when it's hot here. It's the same thing. Yeah, but I mean, like this is the argument I never understood. Right when the people out west in Phoenix and it's 130, but it's a dry heat. Yeah, 130 right. is 130. There's no dry heat section on the thermometer. That's right. True. You know, and the same thing Still with hot. the cold. Anything anything below a certain temperature, it's cold to me. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like it. So. Yeah. I, and I told the person, I'm like, I got plenty of insulation and I'm still cold, <laughs> you know, but it is an interesting thing because this is the first year we've had the heater in the pool. 
So I keep that pool at like 90 to 92 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> like a big jacuzzi? No, yeah, it is. It's like a massive hot tub. So this last <laughs> weekend when it was starting to chill off a little bit, I dove into that thing and it was like just diving into this massive bathtub. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. I loved it. It, it was fantastic, awesome. right? It was. <laughs> it was the best. It's going to probably cost me $753 in an electric bill this month. But but I would not get in it today because, you know, what you do find out is even though the water itself is 92 degrees, you have zero impact on the outside temperature when you get out. And it was horrid. I would never want to die of hypothermia. (laughs) But from the three minutes it took for me to get out of the pool, clamor over to get a towel, and then actually get into my shower – and get my shower warmed up to that same temperature, I was shivering uncontrollably. Which is worse, dying of hypothermia or burning alive? I know. It's tough. Whichever one you black out faster from. I don't know what the answer is there. <laughs> right. True. I don't know, man. Really good question, man. And I'm I'm very seriously contemplating it. <laughs> yeah. We need to hear from our listeners. Yeah. Message us. Let us know. I mean – Anybody who's yeah, especially yeah. you know, yeah. anybody who's burned alive or or frozen to death, let us know. I almost flipped a bobcat one time when I was driving it over a twelve foot retaining wall backwards. Um, that was fun and made me see my life flash before my eyes. Yeah, that you know what? It's one of those things too, man. When you get involved with heavy machinery like that and something that you're not used to using all the time. So what happened was I went to I went to take off and it lifted up like the front end of it lifted up. And when I thought I was doing what I needed to do to stop the forward motion to get the front to come down, I actually hit the lever to raise the bucket. So it was making it even more top heavy. I literally, I swear to God, I literally closed my eyes and I used my hands and feet and fixed it without knowing what I did to fix it. I just opened my eyes and everything was fine. Crazy stuff. What do you do, David? You're a fixer, man. Whatever the situation is. I'm like the wolf in Pulp Fiction. (laughs) So here's my question, man. Everybody, you know, it'll be interesting to see how many people know who Steve Moore is, you know, international man of mystery. But why don't you give them sort of your backstory and and tell them sort of the foundation of where you came from and then how you got to Lightspeed. And then we'll talk a little bit about Lightspeed and some of that. Totally. So I've been with Lightspeed Voice for just over a year and a half now. Made that transition actually from Allstate in the technology organization. So uh, spent 10 years managing agency-facing technology, which is, sounds really exciting. But um, basically what happened was I was, I was selling uh, an agency management system called eAgent. Um, sold that to a lot of Allstate agents. And then Allstate decided to purchase the software. And then... Uh, I went along to Allstate with the with the software and helped get that rolled out across the country. So, you know, been in the insurance technology game for for a while, and and if you know, kind of interestingly enough, had a chance to to be on all sides of it. Right, I even going back further, I've been an agent, I've been an agency manager, you know, sold the technology, worked with agencies in a captive space, and now I'm uh, back to selling technology into mostly the insurance space. We do all industries, of course, but. Most people that are familiar with Lightspeed Voice, it's from the insurance game. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just been a great run. I love the industry. Insurance industry is great and uh, the people are great. And, and I would say it's one of the more unique things in the world because it's it's one of the few industries where 
everybody's technically a competitor, but but everybody's super willing to share and best practices and really help each other out. So it's just just a cool place to be. How did your experience as an agent and agency manager help with what you're doing now? Yeah, I always try and you know really put myself in that seat as as we're sharing solutions or creating solutions, whatever the case is, and every internal discussion, whether I was with Allstate or, or even today, I always kind of say, well, if I'm the agent, I would say X, Y, or Z. And, and it's been able to give me that perspective. And when I, you know, there are times where I feel like I've been out of the agency game too long, and then I'll reach out to some of the other agencies and just say, hey, when I did it, it was X, you know, what are you guys feeling now? And, you know, because the agencies are are really the drivers to, to any success. So just keeping that voice going. So how did Lightspeed pick insurance as to where they wanted to focus their product? I mean, not that they're necessarily 100% focused there, but it is an abnormally large percentage of your business. If you it were is. to say that you were, if you were to come in and say, hey, we're very well diversified, then I'm going to say, no, nah, no, you're not. You know, <laughs> but I, I'm interested in, in why that industry specifically. Sure. So Brad Fuller, our CEO um, and founder, he was uh, his family's been an insurance family. His dad's a, a captive agent. His brother was a captive agent. His sister has an independent agency, et cetera. So he grew up around insurance and um, and actually the Brad's path and my path crossed a long time ago when uh, he was first getting started. And, and obviously, you know, his brother was a was an Allstate agent and um signed up a few other Allstate people. We connected when I was running the e-agent product, did the integration. So that just grew and grew and grew. Um, and ever since then, really, Lightspeed's calling card is integrations, number one, customer service, a close second. So, yeah, it was just familiarity. And, you know, it was really an underserved group in the technology space going back 9, 10, 11 years. It's, it's getting better, but it, it's still... You know, there's still a lot of room for, for growth there. Interesting. So when you met Brad, was that back in his Gainesville days? Not quite Gainesville, not quite Gainesville, but I've heard, I've heard the rumors and the stories. So, uh. <laughs> well, no, that because that's when I knew him, right? That's I didn't even know. That. It's crazy. Um, I had a client, I, I did a lot of work with the University of Florida, specifically the SID Biotech um, incubator up there. And I had a lot of clients that were in Progress Park in Alachua. And I went in to visit one of my clients and actually Brad shared one of those offices with them and was painting the walls himself because they were getting ready to move to a different place. And I had no clue whatsoever that his family owned insurance agencies. So I did what a normal producer would do. I just hammered the living daylights out of him for months. And then finally, his uh, his will to ignore me superseded my desire to write his account. And go. I quit bugging him. And it sort of he sort of fell off the face of the earth. And then I didn't even see him again until BrainShare last year. That was the first time I'd seen him in probably a decade or more. That's crazy. That's awesome. And man. I remembered him because I remembered the company name and I was like, holy crap, I remember what it was like. It's like three of you guys. What's the deal? Like you've yeah. blown up a little bit at this point. Yeah, he, he uh, he's done a great job. You know, certainly uh, an unconventional path as as most are, but, you know, we're uh, it's an impressive organization. You know, we got six, just under 60 folks down in Southwest Florida, you know, just uh, again, just grinding out mostly in the insurance business and growing and growing. So all good. 
<laughs> the lizard is not dead. Oh my god, that scared the hell out of me. The, uh, the lizard next to your desk is actually alive. He's crawling down the fridge right now. Wow. Uh, These are the little things that we uh, that we live for in our life. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so listen, you guys. I mean, you guys have a pretty cool place. I I was fortunate enough to be able to be down there uh, at the end of October and check it out. And it's not three people sharing an office in Gainesville anymore by any stretch. It's become a pretty robust organization at this point. How many how many team members do you have, and what's your geographic spread at this point? Yeah, so the the Venice office, um, yeah, I think we're we're about 45, 50 people there. Um, we, we try and keep everything as as in one location as possible, but uh, you know these days that becomes tougher and tougher, especially with technical talent as far as engineers and developers, et cetera. So we do have. Uh, about 45 down there. That's really all of our executive team, billing, customer support, sales are all down there. Um, and then we've got a, a team of developers up in New Jersey. I think we're at seven now up in New Jersey that that work pretty heavily on the product. And then uh, we actually just uh, brought someone on, I think, in Utah and then a couple other spots. So we're, we're creeping right around 60 folks um, with, again, that core in Florida, but growing a little bit around the country. So, uh, you know, really get into some specialized talent needs that not aren't always going to be in Venice, Florida. So <laughs> where, where are you guys up in Jersey? Uh, actually, uh, Somerville. So interestingly enough, it's about literally seven. Their office is seven minutes from where I grew up in, in Hillsborough Township, New Jersey. So it's kind of a, that was cool to go back and visit and, and check out the old stomping grounds. Yeah, that's that is. Cool. Where, where is that in, geographically in Jersey? Is that close to the Edison corridor where a lot of the tech stuff's going on now, or is that in another part of the state? Nah, central part, Somerset County. So it's right around like Princeton University is kind of the, you know, the big landmark around there. But yeah, so I grew up in the in that area and had never been on the New Jersey New Jersey Turnpike until I was an adult. So we were definitely uh, not the uh, stereotypical Jersey. It's all farms, or was all farms and and greenery. Not so much anymore. Yeah, Jersey Turnpike means different things to different people. For example, if you watch the Jersey Shore, it's not what you think it is. <laughs> no, <laughs> I did. Yeah, and I always chuckle because if people that haven't seen the Jersey Shore house, if you actually go look at it, it's literally one of the most decrepit places on the planet. Oh, it looks terrible. <laughs> That's what makes it so awesome. Right. <laughs> look, I mean, I think back to where I lived when I was in college, and I'll just leave it at this: the rent was two twenty-five a month, including all utilities and your storage. You <laughs> I'll make the Jersey Shore house look like the freaking Taj Mahal. That's right. <laughs> mm. So you guys have a lot of stuff going on. You just had a, a big release come out, right? Talk a little bit about what's going on with that. And the other thing that I want us to talk about, because I don't want people to think, okay, well, we heard what this guy does and where he came from. So there's obviously not much more he can tell him. <clears throat> We're going to get into some of the things that that could be happening, you know, sure. not necessarily with light speed, but just ideas and, and things we can see happening with phone systems and why they're important. I think that it's one of the things I hate to say it, but I mean, I think agents overlook the value of having a good phone system, not just because of the ability to talk to people back and forth, but all of the other stuff that it can do. We limit ourselves to our ability to be, um, inventors based on the fact we just want to stay with what we know. And I think that if you're willing to 
open up your mind and, and think about some crazy stuff, the likelihood of that crazy stuff happening is pretty good. I mean, what was it a decade ago, maybe 15 years at the most, we were all hyped up because we were getting rid of CDs and moving to iPods. Do they even make an iPod anymore? I don't think so. They'll probably bring them back in like two years just to sell them again. Throwback. Yeah. It'll be on StockX with the Jordans. It's like the the, the, uh, iPhone 12, the mini. It's like I I thought having the big phone was the thing. Now we're going to go back to the mini. Once once I went big, I'm never going back. (laughs) You can't. Dude, now I want the folding one that double the size, you know? Yeah, I was right. going to say, the only thing they can do to make me happy now is come out with one the size of an old VCR that I can carry around on my belt. <laughs> right. Too funny now. Yeah, just getting back to, you know, as far as cool, fun stuff we'll talk about. And that was, you know, you mentioned being at the office, and that was one of the reasons, right, to get a couple big thinkers in there, and we'll touch on some of that stuff. But, you know, as far as the most recent release, you know, the product, our phone product, you know, it was developed going back nine, 10 years ago, and it, it kind of looked the same as it did nine or 10 years ago. So as you can imagine, it needed a little bit of a facelift. And um, about two years ago, we, we bought a software called the follow-up tool, um, which was really built around sales automation. And kind of as you're to your point about thinking beyond phones, that was really a step in that direction. Um, you know, a way to automate texts, emails, and phone calls as well. Um, so, it was a good acquisition. We were, had really good traction and still have really good traction with it, but it was two separate products, right? So that becomes a clumsy conversation and, and a clumsy use case, et cetera. So this most recent release, which we called Lightspeed Quantum, was really bringing those two products together. Um, so it kept the follow-up tool as kind of the, the core and the background. And then we, we brought the phone functionality in there. And then we added a bunch of cool features as far as drag and drop transfers and um you know, different uh, calling capabilities that weren't available in the old system. And it really positions us for growth. Obviously, we had to modernize the code base and, you know, in the process, modernize our integrations, et cetera. So it's really about, you know, preparing us for the future. So now any feature requests are really incremental. We're not rebuilding the the ship every time we, we have to do something new. Um so yeah, it's just all about modernization, ease of use, and uh, you know, positioning for for a lot of the stuff that that we'll talk about as far as what's coming, which is a lot of exciting stuff. Um, you know, and kind of what you know uh, when you and Jason Cass came down, Jason's deal, which is totally true, and 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 we live by it as well. You know, that phone call. It chew your steak ten times before swallowing. Yeah, I'm sure we'll that talk should about be his mantra. <laughs> you definitely. Uh, or the better steak chewer between the between the two of you. So. Dude, I'm not letting a single bite of steak get past me ever. <laughs> yeah, unjewed or otherwise. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, but you know, the conversation we had was that the phone call. Everyone's talking about data. You know, everybody wants data. How can you use data? What can we do with data? And in most t- cases, people are thinking about the CRM or the AMS or the actual company solution, whatever the case is, where the phone call will have the most data every time, right? You're going to have personal conversations and, and discussions and offhand types of things that that you're just not going to see in a, in a CRM and an AMS. So how do we extract that data? There's, there's ways to do it now. You can do a text transcription. You can pull keywords, et cetera. But how do we get it to that next level, um, which is really coaching, you know, real-time coaching based on live phone calls, 
you know, suggested cross cells, you know, different stuff along like that. And then potentially even filling out a Raider, right? So while I'm in the, that's, you know, I always kind of say that's, you know, the, the other stuff we can kind of do and we're working towards the filling out a quote, that's, that's real futuristic stuff, but futuristic today is much different than futuristic 10 years from now, right? Might be a year or two instead of 10. Um, so yeah, there's just a lot of cool stuff. And, and I always say the, the great thing about, selling a communication solution we try not to say phones is that everybody has one and everybody needs one right so it's that yin and yang you know uh, we're never going into a spot where they're saying oh yeah we don't have phones you know but <laughs> you know we're we're so we're always replacing something else is, is really what it comes down to so um we, we really have to get a top of mind it's not something if it works people don't typically mind um but uh yeah it's a Crazy evolving industry space, et cetera. Um, and, and it'll definitely look differently five years from now than it does today. I can, I can guarantee you that. I think here's part of the problem with the communications industry as a whole, as far as when an agency is going to bring a product in. And I'm not saying this about Lightspeed. I'm saying in general, because I had somebody before I had Lightspeed and I don't think that your competition by and large does a very good job of educating people like me, what the capabilities of those systems are, not just what they are. Okay. But then show me how to use them. Like have some education for your user base, your user group, whether it be live webinars or a knowledge base that you have built out inside of a web domain with video and, you know, written instructions and all of that kind of stuff, because, there were there are all kinds of things at this point that systems are capable of. And, you know, Lightspeed does some of these things. They don't do some of these things. But, I mean, things like ringless voicemails and some of the other stuff that you can use to go drop on people that you've been trying to get a hold of for a while. I mean, I, I just – agents don't understand technology. It, it all boils down to that. And you'll hear me say it all the time that I think agents are cheap or whatever else. But – that may be true to a certain degree, but I don't think that if they truly understood the power of the tools that they were looking at implementing, that they would be cheap about it. And my my big my big dividing line is you either view technology as an investment or you view it as an expense. And there's a big difference between the two. You're not going to get a return on an investment on an expense. It's gone. It's money you pay. It leaves your financials. It doesn't come back. But in an investment, you're going to get some sort of a return on that. And that's how I think agencies should be viewing technology. They should be using every, looking at every dollar they spend on tech, being able to pinpoint how much they should get back for that dollar. Because that's the one thing that all of us have the ability to do if we put our, our stuff together the right way. You can measure that, right? Yeah. So for me, we, the, the, deciding factor for me when we decided we were going to move to light speed other than Steve's such an incredibly great guy and you know his his partner in crime there Greg McCammon probably has the strongest meme game on social media it's pretty good aside from aside from those things was the fact that you had the integration with HubSpot right yep and so we we won either way. You were either going to integrate with HubSpot or you were going to integrate with Hawksoft. And both of those are the two systems we use. But I chose 
to have that go into HubSpot. And so the reason why is because it's important for me to be able to run. I want to be able to have the ability to run reports that show me the volume of calling that's being done, not by my team in terms of service load and all of that. I want to know about it from a sales perspective, right? How many calls are we making in a, a day, a week, a month, whatever. And as we roll out and as you and I have talked about, we're in the process of putting together you know, a pretty solid um, telemarketing appointment setting process inside the agency. And we're going to power that with virtual assistants. But the beauty of it is that they can be wherever they're going to be using a light speed phone and a static IP that we set up. And every time they go into my HubSpot to dial a company to validate a decision maker's name, get an email address, and hopefully set an appointment, that call is being recorded and captured and attached to that company's record inside the CRM. So I can see how many calls are made and I can go back and actually listen to those calls because they're recorded and and that recording is what's attached inside the CRM. So if I have a specific person that's calling and they're over, you know, January in terms of setting appointments, we can figure out why we can troubleshoot those things. And it's just never, I don't understand why somebody wouldn't view that as a valuable tool, right? Why that wouldn't be a valuable investment. I think it's very few people in in that example start out just cleaning everybody's plow with appointment setting. Doesn't happen, right? There's going to have to be some adjustment to the script, maybe some coaching in terms of inflection or how these people are, are interacting, some things they're saying, keywords, whatever else. But if you don't have the ability to, access those recordings in an organized fashion doesn't matter. Yep. Yeah, no, I think you hit on so many, so many great points. Like we kind of started on the the cost aspect of things and it is one of the traps that agencies and end users in general fall into, right? How much is it per extension? And you know what, Steve, I'll be honest with you. I have no idea how much. Yeah. I, pay you. <laughs> I know, no and, you know, you, you, you're a living example of, of what you said, just based on your use of HubSpot, right? We've had that, conversation before most people in the insurance business would would scoff at the fact of why would this guy use HubSpot? It's so expensive. It doesn't make sense. But your return on investment, you could prove to them is, is off the charts from it, right? Here's, here's the problem with that. This is the way that conversation goes. Oh, of course you can use HubSpot. You know, you write big commercial accounts and you have the money to do it. No, I have big commercial accounts and I'm able to write those because I have HubSpot. You're thinking that I went and got the CRM after I already had some level of success in production when in actuality, you have to have that tool to perpetuate and, and to, to build on your success. And that's the kind of backwards thinking crap that has people, you know, right where they're at. You know, we, we joke about it and I'm sorry if I offend anybody who says this, but if I do, maybe I'll be the one that's the wake up call for you to come out of 1975, but quit sending calendars to everybody at Christmas. We get our calendar on our flipping phone. <laughs> don't waste your money on calendars with your mug on it. Go take that same money, set it aside and buy yourself an introductory CRM and start stair-stepping your technology game. So you can at least be at like 1990 at some point in the next year or two. But that's the, that's the problem. We look at this stuff and I mean, think about it. If we didn't have VoIP systems, how would agencies handle COVID in as slick of a manner as they, as the ones that are successful have? Guess what? Some of them didn't. 
because they're so fixed to their bricks and mortar and having their infrastructure based on that office. I learned very, very early in my insurance career that I don't have to have an office. Nobody comes and visits me. You know who comes and visits me at my office? Carrier reps and vendors. That's it. That's the only reason. That's the only reason I would have an office. You don't have to. People build offices as monuments to themselves. They want that to be what makes them look successful to the outside world. And that that's like, that is, you, you made it. Oh, you got an office. How many offices you got? I got five offices. That doesn't matter, you know? No, nobody cares about that. Yeah, I can tell you in, in 17 years, I've closed two deals in my own office and both of them ended up sucking. Yeah, <laughs> we were at a, a charity golf tournament not too long ago and there was another phone provider there and the guy came over and was like, oh, I've heard of Lightspeed. You know, how many locations do you have? And Brad's there and Brad said, one, you know, I guess, oh, I have I have 11 locations. I thought you guys were bigger than me, you know, and, and Brad's, a, you know, a humble guy and he he didn't care to engage but of course he walks away and he's like why in the world would you have 11 locations you know you have 11 rents you have 11 buildings how much overhead yeah seriously i mean give me a break he's in you know it's like us man we don't need two locations we really don't my wife's on me all the time she's in the other room right now (laughs) she came over to help me with some paperwork this afternoon and i know she's shaking her head we have we have don't lie she's she's over there getting your calendars ready for ship day right she's stamping those calendars (laughs) i posed for a special picture in a funny suit Uh, (laughs) anyhow you know but but we've talked about it i don't have my second office as a as a way for us to necessarily generate walk-in traffic or bragging rights it costs me money to have that but we have that second office because we – it's almost like part of my marketing budget, honestly. It helps us in Google My Business. I was gonna say, it helps me have a presence. Yeah. And, and you know, it's right up there by where you live in, in that Trinity area, and that's where everything's going. So for us in personal lines specifically, that's where I see us growing in the future, five, ten years out. There was a time where I had a model in place of, you know, opening an office to two offices every year for five to 10 years, it is all going to be the same footprint. I mean, our offices are nothing that anybody would be bragging about. It's literally three offices, a bathroom and a microwave for your hot pockets in a conference room. That's it. <laughs> right. So I could open those. And then I decided, yeah. you know what, let's not spend the, the money to do that. Let's focus on actually buying the properties that we have, because if we do that, we're adding assets to the balance sheet and the valuation on the agency is better, or we put them in separate LLCs and own the real estate company in addition to the agency. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. All of that to say, we don't have to have these offices and companies like Lightspeed make it possible for us to not have to have bricks and mortar. You know, I think one of the things too, that that I, I love is the soft phone app, right? The fact that we have the ability to put a soft phone app on our phones and have our producers make their calls from their cell phones when they're on the road. That stuff all gets captured by HubSpot because we're calling through that soft phone app. I don't think that, I, I, I don't know, I could be completely wrong. I just don't think agencies look at it. They look at it, a oh, phone's a phone. You know, I already... No, it really isn't. And by the time we're done talking about some of the wild crap that runs through my head, and, and, and <laughs> Cass is worse than I am. But I mean, when we it's all about the data, right? I mean that you're that you're able to capture from it. Yep. Well, look, look at 
Steve found out that I'm an international man of mystery when he was speaking with a company from Israel who dropped my name to him. That is the second time this podcast that you have dropped international man of mystery. And I'm pretty sure Austin Powers has rights to that. I'm pretty sure I'll watch it tonight when I go home, just because I've said it twice. Apparently I'm going through withdrawals. It's been 10 years, (laughs) but no, seriously. I mean, there's a lot of technologies and it's not just limited here. I, I literally was on the phone with a voice recognition type company that was looking for my feedback. And I think that honestly, it was probably him trying to backdoor me into a sales conversation to sell me his product, but I wasn't biting on it. But I mean, that's one of the things that's the wave of the future. I mean, if I wanted to right now, if I wanted to go get transcripts for coaching on a one-off basis, I could take that recording from Lightspeed. I could get that wave file or MP3 or whatever it is. And I could upload that into rev.com and they'll transcribe it for me for a buck and a quarter a minute if I want a real human being to do it or 25 cents a minute if I want to use the artificial intelligence. And that might be okay for that. Yeah. But what about the the level that these voice recognition software companies are moving to and their ability to interpret what it is that you're you're saying to the point that you could actually have triggers set up on keywords inside of a conversation that tells your CRM specific things to do Based on nobody typing, clicking, nothing. You're talking on the phone. Yep. And it's it's happening fast, you know, like and, and the, where it's kind of starting and the, the company, you know, we're working with a couple vendors, you know, like I said, we could do to your point, we could do Amazon Web Services, we could transcribe the call today, right? It's just not that the text file of the call is is just not that exciting. Um but now what these companies are starting to be able to do is give a net promoter score for that phone call, right? How does that customer feel about your agency? How do they feel about that rep? And that, to your point, that could trigger a notification to you, you know, David, as the you know agency owner, hey, this person's not happy, whatever the case is. And then it's really about keyword triggers. You know, does it recognize they said their anniversary was on X date, their birth date, their, you know, they just bought a got a dog, you know, whatever the case is. Um, and I do appreciate the, the puppy cam, you know, that is a, that is a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Just sadly, It's going to come to an end shortly after Christmas and turn into real life, which turns into a whole, I think we'll still see plenty of the the puppy. Um, Yeah. A whole different kind of pictures. Exactly. exactly. No, but it's really, you know, thinking that next level and, and what can you do? The assumption it used to even a year ago, it was, how do we get that voice data and it's already transitioned to how far can we go with it? Um, and it's just like anything. It's expensive right now, you know, or has been expensive. There's some other players coming into the game where, you know, it become affordable. Like I was kind of in talking to some of the vendors six or nine months ago, you know, our stuff is about 40 bucks per month per user. And then they're coming in for like 200 a month for voice transcription. I'm like, well, I can't do that. I can't, you know, go quintuple my price to to sell some analytics, but it's coming down where at least it could be close to the same price, you know, as far as, I mean, where I, I can feel good offering it as a, as a supplement, you know, so it's exciting. It's stuff that's coming, um, you know, 2021. I don't want to say early because I'll always jinx stuff, but um, you know, it's stuff we'll be seeing quickly. We're doing live tests with live calls today, you know, right now. Um, so it's, it's in the hopper. Well, I'll tell you, man, it, 
one of the things I'm really trying to do is is be more well-rounded in our marketing and outreach approach, which is why I'm focusing heavily on appointment setting and telemarketing right now. I mean, that's that's where my head is. And when my head gets onto something like that, I'm a freaking bulldozer until it gets done. Then I'll move on to the next thing. But one of the things that I can see happening is, you know, you've got these people that have call scripts. You understand the triggers that you've set up in your CRM and, and with the voice recognition software surrounding that. And you build your script so that these people are saying these exact phrases at the right times in the conversation. But I, I look at it as having a, a telemarketer appointment setter on the phone talking to a prospect and saying, to confirm, you'd like to schedule a 30-minute meeting with David on December 21st at 2 p.m. And mean, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. And to confirm, your email address is, and you get that information. And the next thing you know, they hang up. Now, in a normal scenario, that person's immediately going to be working in their computer to create a meeting invite and, and put information or whatever else. Whereas in this scenario, I could see this thing being fully automated to where it creates a meeting request, attaches the um, recording of the phone call to the meeting request that's sent to the producer and have a separate meeting request sent to the uh, prospect directly off of a phone call, but it's all done automated in the background. So then instead of spending the three to five minutes to set all of that stuff up manually, your caller is just moving right on to the next call. Totally. Yeah. And it, one of the great things, you know, we, we kind of mentioned it a couple of times, we brought a couple, couple agencies in to talk and made sure we had our developers in, in the room and, and listening and, and engaged because it's just so different when I go to them and say, Hey, I was talking to somebody and they, and they said, this would be cool. And then they're like, yeah, whatever, Steve, you're, you're always coming up with these goofy ideas. Yeah, like, like the insurance agents only know how to send out calendars. They're not smart enough to. That's right. That's right. No, but when they, when, when they're in the room with you guys, with the agencies, we put them in our user group meetings. When the developers start hearing that stuff, you know, they get excited about it. And that's kind of the, the phase we're in now. And, and now that we're past this, this major change in the, in the product and this new release, we can really start focusing on these things. And, um, you know, we've got some, we've got some other gaps to fill for sure. So you know, you'll be working on some video um, conferencing stuff. We need a, a little bit of a better, you know, uh, person, you know, our own soft phone app and some, some different things that, that we're working through, but yeah, it's, it's a great time and stuff will be popping pretty quickly here in 2021. So why don't you, you brought something up. I'm going to open that can of worms about having about the soft phone app. And I, I'm interested because I was surprised when we talked to hear that that is something that people are concerned about, that like you just have a soft phone app that integrates with your system, but it's not necessarily your yep. application. Uh, yeah. It's it's something we, we talk about all the time internally. And, and But I don't understand it because I've never had a problem with the product. It does exactly what it's supposed to do. Yep. So is it just because you're – brand is not on the thumbnail? Is there some level of functionality that you would pick up uh, by having your own? I mean, this is just, this seems to me to be a pretty ludicrous investment to make just to get an insurance agent who doesn't really understand the technology happy, you know, that your logo is now on their phone, right? I mean, I always go back to the majority of my life. I reference Tommy Boy when I get into situations like this, but I mean, I go back, you, know, you want me to take a dump in a box and mark guarantee on it? I will. I mean, it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah yeah david said that not me no no. <laughs> no no so it's it's an interesting deal right that this 
soft phones are are growing more and more. And it, a lot of it has to do with the fact that um, many, many of the newer VoIP solutions are white label in their own right, right? So they're... Yeah, the whole thing. The whole thing they're is... They're focusing on a stupid soft phone app. And some of these companies, the whole thing is running off of somebody else's exchange. Yeah. So from, from our perspective, you know, we own all of our infrastructure. We own the data centers, the servers, the support, everything, which gives us a huge competitive advantage as far as availability, reliability, and service. But when we look at something like a soft phone, that number of companies have very successful ones out there that we can literally pipe in and and do the tight integration. You know, yeah, for the past several years, we've relied on that and, and most folks have been cool with it. I think with the emergence of some of our, you know, competitors that rely on the soft phone only because the physical phone you have to have, what do you have to have to do physical phones, right? You have to be able to inventory them. You have to be able to provision them. You have to get them sent out, set them up and everything where we're totally set up to do that. So other companies have just taken this assault on, like, if you have a physical phone, it's a bad thing. We still feel like it's, I always kind of use the analogy. It's like a, a drill, right? If, you, if you've got a, a job to do and you need a drill and you can plug a drill in, that's the one you want, right? Because it's going to be more consistent power. It's going to be you know, it's not going to die. Now, Steve, everybody has an 18 volt that dies half the time. Exactly. So. <laughs> so in the times where you need that portability and of the cordless drill, great, but you still always want to go back to the one that you can plug in if possible. So anyway, it, it's to your point, soft phone, we have it. It's integrated. It's perfect. You never know the difference. It funnels through our network, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, where we're looking really um, as we build out our soft phone, it won't just be a phone, right? Because we've got that kind of covered. We want to add the, the chat capability, the video capability, and the, and the different features um, into it as an overall product. So, you know, it won't just truly be the soft phone. We're really looking at it to be a mobile iteration of our solution, if that makes sense. Yeah, you could get really crazy with it, man. You could have a widget that goes on somebody's website integrating with your communication platform where video chat opens up immediately based on voice recognition. I mean, I could keep going yeah, no, on and on and on. The dream picture, which we're driving towards, is, is kind of what you're saying, right? You're on the website. You're chatting. You say, I want to talk to somebody now, and boom, the video pops up. And there's you know, some big hurdles we have to, to overcome technology-wise to, to get there. But that's that's really the drive um, is to truly make it a seamless thing, um, and make sure Dave doesn't pop up with his shirt off in that video. Sometimes <laughs> it depends. Yes, depends on how froggy I feel that day. Exactly. <laughs> I think I've ruined Steve's sales career anyhow because now anytime some like my number one way to come over the objection of you don't have a soft phone app, I would just point him and say, "Yeah, well, you send out calendars." That's it. <laughs> And you're going to think about that the next time somebody brings it up. Mark my words, you're going to do it. You're going to accidentally laugh and blame me for it. But yeah, I just what what else? I mean, what else do you see on the horizon right now? What what sort of the grumbling? Because you know, I'm all in, man. People are probably thinking this dude doesn't know how much he pays. He doesn't know. By and by the way, I do pay, but I just don't know how much. <laughs> he, he doesn't know how much he pays. He didn't know that it wasn't really our soft phone app. You know. Hey, people, here's a reason why it works. Why would I need to research this crap and try and figure it out? Yep. And I did 
you know, to your point, I did come to your, to your office after brain share and you literally just wanted to see the HubSpot integration. Once you saw the HubSpot integration, you were good, you know, yep. fine. You trusted that we, our, our stuff works because you've heard from other people that it works, but you know, that integration piece is huge. Um, so from our side, which, by the way, let me stop. Like now that we're forty minutes into this, people, this is like not a sponsored podcast. I'm not on here talking about Lightspeed Voice because Steve gave me money to let him come onto the podcast and talk about it. I use this product. I don't know what I pay for it, but it works and it works well and it integrates with my CRM. But I want you to hear the the vision behind where this stuff is going. Whether you're a Lightspeed user or not really doesn't matter because this is where the industry's trending. I'm just happy to be paired up with the company that's forward thinking enough on the technological front that they're willing to make the investments in their infrastructure, which is pretty darn skippy already, to continue to push that envelope. Because truthfully, in the you know, the insurance industry is like trying to to do a 180 in a cruise ship. Whereas in in telecommunications, it's probably more like doing a 180 in a mastercraft. You know, I mean, you have to be able to do that. Yeah. But I, I want that's what I want people to focus on. This isn't a commercial. You need to be paying attention to the technical stuff that's being spoken about because you're going to remember this three years from now when you start losing accounts to people who are adopting it and you just thought it was a bunch of, of garbage that we were trying to advertise. Yeah, and I'll use like even in our, you know, the sales automation aspect, which we didn't touch a ton on, but we, you know, we've got a solution that can provide automated workflows and we obviously use it internally. But, you know, I think now the, more people are doing that automated texting, automated emails, et cetera. And if you kind of think about that automated email that you get a response from and you're like, oh man, that was awesome. You know, I didn't even, I, they, they think I just emailed them and and the system did it. That two to three years from now to your point is going to be, you know, hey, Joe said he just bought a boat and our guy didn't ask him for, for a quote. So now you're getting a notification that you got to call him up and ask for a to quote the boat, you know? Um, so yeah, it's just that next iteration and, and trying to stay ahead of it. And, and what we, well, we've, already, we've already been here, right? Like in terms of, um, because my wife and I have uh, a little side business e-commerce stuff where we make a little walking around money on the side with, but um, using the chat bots for support for those websites, they've already had the ability to recognize words that we're just taking it and making that audible now. Exactly. And yeah. I also think that the next place that it goes, and I, it, maybe we're already there or it's part of the same thing, but sometimes I think it's just as important for the, the voice recognition and the algorithms to work in such a way that it recognizes what hasn't been said as yeah. opposed to recognizing what has. Totally. Yeah. And that's, that's the key there. And it's that, you know, didn't ask for a cross sell is always the one I kind of keep, but even like if there's an X date that's discussed and, and not followed up on, I'm just cataloging all that information and and the kind of the, the horizons that this technology is going to go through. The first one is getting it to work. And just like anything, the more data, the more calls that these companies can work through, the better it'll get. Then the second aspect of it is that's not quite real time yet. Right. So it's going to be after the call. It's going to be a buffer. It's going to be a minute, which sounds fantastic right now, right? But when you have that for six months, you're going to be like, well, man, why couldn't it do it while I was on the phone? You know, that'll be the the next thing. And, and of course, there's bandwidth concerns and all that kind of jazz. But yeah, it's it's going to happen quickly. Like I said, the the, the rate of change now is is insane. So to to your point, if you're if you're in the insurance business or really any business, and you're not spending time keeping up on technology, you're, you're going to find yourself in trouble pretty quickly. 
Agreed. Kyle, you look like you got something on your mind. Well, yeah, no, I, I had, I'm glad you brought up the automation stuff. Cause I was going to ask about that, like how, you know, how that's implemented, you know, when you're on a call with somebody, um, you know, but you talked about the texting and, and some of the email stuff, but obviously we've, you know, went over the capabilities that it has currently, uh, you know, as well as you just talked about stuff on the horizon, but for anybody who can't from all of that information, figure it out, who, you know, who's the ideal client for you? What's that look like? Who needs, who needs this? Before he gets into that, I do want to say I think the next integration they should look at is a shock collar so that whoever's on the phone wears it. And when they miss the cross-sell opportunity, That'd be amazing. I can, yeah, I can sit in my office and it'll automatically pull up a video of that person at their desk on the webcam just getting shocked. And I have to <laughs> click my mouse to stop the charge from going to their neck just so I can teach them a lesson about not rounding the account. <laughs> That should go over great. Shouldn't be a problem at all. Um, That's what happens when you don't send calendars. You have money for shot collars. There you go. There you go. Uh, no, so ideal client, you know, we uh, I always kind of say every, it's, it's a terrible answer, but everybody's an ideal client, which is obviously not the case. But um, really anybody that is, you know, looking for more than just talk as we kind of use as our catchphrase, right? If you just want dial tone and you're not seeing the, the light at the end of the tunnel, um, then you really need to call us, but you know, you're probably a couple steps away from it, but it's, it's all about visibility, accountability, metrics, integrations, et cetera. So if you're looking, anybody that's looking to provide next level of uh, just efficiency, overall efficiency in your in your office, powered by that first interaction you have with the client, which is going to be the phone call. If you have multi locations, it's an even bigger no brainer because you can see a visual switchboard of of everybody in one spot. Um, you know, if you're concerned about how many inbound or outbound calls your your folks are taking, if you want to do live coaching during a call, um, you can listen in, you can whisper in, um, etc. So yeah, it's just. Um, we, we hear all the time people that, that are just uh, amazed that they, they were kind of closed minded to it or, um, or they just deal with what they have. I think people are just kind of comfortable with, with what they have. And yeah, right. it, only, it only goes offline once every two weeks or only, you know, I only have to wait on hold for customer service for, for 40 minutes or, you know, whatever that case is, if you want, you know, 100% reliability. You want to talk to somebody down in Florida after holding for about two minutes on average, you know, we're going to be the right spot for you. I was just thinking when he was talking about live in-call coaching, could so you imagine me cutting, oh in on, just just you imagine me cutting in on Duran in the middle of one of his calls? <laughs> that is literally exactly what I was thinking about. I think what would be perfect for you is you can do the whisper feature where only the only your guy can hear it. <laughs> oh my God, that would be incredible! I'd constantly be on the whisper feature. <laughs> yeah, I should mention. Sorry for any Florida Ritz partner employees that I brought that up. Uh, There's only one specific one that comes to mind. We we love him anyhow, but yeah, it would be it would be awesome. Yeah. But um, you know, I think I think that's a big deal. Part part of the problem is you know, I, and I guess maybe to a certain certain degree, I'm being unfair to my peer group by expecting them to really understand and be able to look at technology and how it's growing. I mean, in their defense for people who have been in this industry and it's all they've ever known, I, we can't expect them to think that way. But on the other side, we can expect them to try and make themselves better by learning about these things and, you know, being able to make educated decisions. A lot of them don't even have a CRM. 
right? I mean, so I'm talking about integrating with the CRM and creating workflows and automations based on voice recognition. And they were, they checked out right at, as soon as the CRM came out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah no, it was amazing. I, I was telling the story too. I was, when I joined Lightspeed in April of, of 2019, my first event was like in May out in California. And, you know, I was all geared up. It was my first show and I'm, I'm jazzed up, you know, VoIP is the best. And, these agents are coming up and I'm like, oh, we're a VoIP solution, full phone. Jeff Thunderstruck, like you were, were you cranking Thunderstruck, fog machine as <laughs> you oh, walked out. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And and I say VoIP and I just see like this blank stare, like, what is VoIP? You know, and I was like, Oh, okay. So, you know, we need to really take a step back and, and, and really go down to the basics. And again, it's not a knock. It's just, you know, most agencies are they're grinding all day. They're on the, you know, trying to get that next account, chasing that you know, non-renewal, chasing that non-payment, you know, all that kind of jazz. And it's just tough to to step back and take a look. But yeah, it's a, you know. Well, I think part of it too is we're, you know, for a lot of people, the only other time they buy phone services for their house. And you don't see Frontier and Spectrum talking about VoIP and all of this other stuff because it's in direct competition with them. So, you know, the people who have the massive marketing dollars to get in front of the consumer are going to be the more traditional product that we've all used. Now you throw somebody into the role of being a decision maker or owning a business. You do. You, I mean, I don't envy your job. It's like us having, and I shouldn't say it's like this because then it would make it look like I don't envy my own job. So I do like what I do, but we have a challenge when we go in to talk to somebody about total cost of risk and educating them about all of the different things that contribute to the risk management function of their organization, as opposed to just saying, here's how much insurance premium you owe me this year. You know, that's, and that's the thing you have to educate those people in a way that they can understand what it is. And, you know, I find myself this way. I'll go, I'll start running off at a hundred miles an hour and realize, Oh crap, they're still back, you know, in the driveway. They haven't gotten one leg in the car yet. I just want to know what the deductible is. That's all. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Like what's my limits? What's my deductible, you know? And, but then, then you have that other subset of people who know enough to be dangerous, right? Like, oh, I worked in an insurance office once in college. Can you send me the deck page? Yeah. Like, ooh, yeah. that's got that got you got real technical on me there, Johnny. Yeah, you know, but I mean, I think that that's got to be part of it. And so, you know, from my perspective, if I were you know going to go in and advise Lightspeed on anything, my number one piece of advice would be be very very aggressive in the education of your constituency because. I don't see anybody else out there doing it. Yeah, no, it's a fair point. Yeah. I mean, now Raj from God knows where wants to quote my VoIP phone services every day. And I know because he sends me automated emails with my last name spelled incorrectly. <laughs> exactly. It's the best. Yeah, there's plenty of competitors out there. Or a- Absolutely. Well, listen. There's plenty of companies that do kind of what we do. How about that? There you go. <laughs> There you go. Well, listen, I know that people are going to have questions, um, maybe want to reach out to you to hear a little bit more about what Lightspeed can do for them. I want to be respectful of your time. We're bumping up on an hour here. How do they get a hold of you? Totally. So I'm always happy to chat. Uh, my email is just going to be smohr at lightspeedvoice.com. If you just kind of want general information, just you can shoot that to info at lightspeedvoice.com. Um, and one of my guys will certainly get back to you, but, uh, I'm always, uh, always happy to chat. If you have any questions, anybody has questions on the industry in general, the direction, or obviously the product. 
Yeah, the last thing I want to say before we wrap up, and I don't use it a lot because the product works and I don't have to, but I, I have to tell you, man, your call center for customer service is top notch. I have never had a bad experience when I've needed something. Yep. Um, most of the time, it's because I've pushed a wrong button somewhere or there's been you know something crazy that's gone on. Maybe an update has caused some of the coding and the integration with HubSpot to get a little bit wonky. I get that. That's normal, right? I don't. I, I know that that comes when when upgrades happen. What I can tell you is, I don't measure a company and their customer service based on everything working perfectly all the time because it's an unfair expectation that I can try and hold myself to, but I would never hold one of my uh, vendor partners to. And so, when I do need them, it is instant remedy, man. And I cannot give them a high enough mark. Everybody's got a great personality. I, I I called one poor dude. I don't even remember who it was. And it really, I was irritated, but it had nothing to do with, um, with the phone. The phone just happened to be the icing on the cake. We had had a power surge or something. And I don't remember what happened. And I, I told him up front, I'm like, dude, I'm just warning you right now. I, the, you just answered the hornet's nest. So I mean, nothing, if I come across as short or irritated, I am, but it has nothing to do with you. Say, oh, don't worry about it, man. We'll get you fixed. Blah, 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 blah. And I was thinking to myself, are they piping weed into the call center down there or what, man? Did this Matthew pipe- McConaughey? <laughs> cool yeah, Matthew. You did. <laughs> I was kind of, you know, when I when I was leaving Allstate, it was a pretty big jump for me. Obviously, I had, you know, the, the old cushy corporate job, but I, I tried my best to find somebody that had something bad to say about the product or the company, and I just couldn't find it. And, and it really boils down to that service, and um, it's pretty awesome. And, and it, whenever I'm bummed out or stressed out, I'll go look at our Google reviews because, you know, not many telecommunications companies out there that have a five-star Google rating with 300 plus ratings. And, you know, they'll specifically call service people out, which is awesome. Um, You know, it's just good. That's what we're all about. Well, and that, listen, that's also a reflection of the leadership of the organization. And I've witnessed firsthand CEO Brad Fuller get a complaint from somebody and he personally like literally took it personally. I've never seen these guys spent two hours researching the issue, addressing the issue, making sure that, you know, you're just not going to find that, but you, you can't have a call center that, that works as well and has as great a service as what you do without having a CEO that makes that the expectation, but not only does that, but lives it to a degree higher than everybody else. Yep. Absolutely. Well, listen, man, I want to go ahead and wrap up. I appreciate you coming on. People, light, speed, voice. We use them at Florida Risk Partners. If you want to be cool like us, you should call Steve, and he'll have his people talk to your people. See ya. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com.